this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Welcome to the Pie Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Sparky, and we're on episode 87. And if you've been listening, or if you haven't been listening, we're we're settling into my high school experience. And as like a pretty straightforward white dude, a lot of people will be like, mm, I don't know, maybe tune out. But there's a lot of things that I'm about to say that I've never said before. I've never talked about this stuff. And I think that's important. Uh, we'll take away the labels of what I identify as and whatever. And I might be just churching up to make myself feel better, but I feel like I have to like explain myself. I'm not sure why. So that's just my attempt to kind of speak to that for myself. But yeah, this is a going into high school is a really interesting experience. A lot of people don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people say, oh, I hated high school. And there's a lot to that for me. Like, I can relate to that, is what I'm trying to say. And people know there might be an idea also. What I'm trying to say is that why would I hate high school? I had no reason to. If you just look at my appearance and of what I and think about stereotypes and what I should have experienced, but. It was hard, and I didn't talk about those things for a long time. I haven't really talked about them with people I knew or experienced these things with. That's what's important until now. And now I am because I'm a high school teacher, so I see these things are coming back into my life, and I have to revisit them because I may or may not be helping somebody deal with these things or just me finding out, being aware. I'm not the only one that saw and heard and experience things like that in high school being a teenage person in an adult world that's pretty messed up once you start realizing what is actually going on and you have knowledge because of school things that you learned at school and different people you meet at school that are different than you or similar and can speak to those experiences or at least be there and learn and have the awareness of like oh i'm not the only one traumas of high school and i feel like i had a lot more things to say but i lost it because uh, i've been avoiding this story is what i've realized um it's dense and hopefully i'm going to try not to ramble because i don't want to get i want to stay under 30 minutes with this story but there's a lot to unpack here and i'm not going to completely unpack i'm going to tell the story i'm going to reflect i'm going to make a connection and just move on like I have, but to really move on and let it all go, I have to do this. So thank you for being along for the ride. And this story, chapter 87 of the Pie Boy podcast is called Oregon City Blues or the OC Blues because I moved to Oregon City my sophomore year of high school on a whim and things seemed good but under the surface they were not so on that note let's get into it there was a major bullying problem at this high school and probably at all high schools but for some reason or another 
it was right in my face and I, I was experiencing it firsthand. It was bigger than that though. It wasn't just this problem. To call a problem was underestimating and not being truthful. It was a bigger problem in our culture, really of the early 2000s and even now, because now with social media and things, we can see more of what's already been there. The internet had a big part in this situation for me and the kind of shit that I was seeing on TV and hearing about on the radio was not just living in the TV and on the radio. It was in my everyday life. Cyberbullying was born and it was out of control early on, just like it's out of control now. It was combined with physical bullying and also hazing. Hazing was running rampant. Oregon City was so bad that when I was there, they started a school-wide campaign to help educate us and to stop the bullying and the bad behavior running rampant at our high school. We had this big kickoff assembly, and it went off the rails in the first 20 minutes. And I don't mean to just talk about the negative things I experienced, but this is just the things that really screamed to me from my experience of going to Oregon City High School. And it probably would have happened at any high school, going from Malala of like maybe 700, 800 students max to 1,500 and plus. Now they're probably at 2,500 students. So you just get more chances of weirdness. Uh, And this assembly, like I said, went off the rails in the first 20 minutes, I swear. I don't have documentation on an iPhone because this is before that time, but I know there's some people that are my friends on Instagram and Facebook and potentially listen to this that went there and experienced the same thing. So I invite you to speak up. There was a guest speaker that told us his story of being bullied and how he overcame it. And then he laid out this whole plan for us to follow and work on as a school. After that, he opened the floor for kids in the school to come up and talk about their experience with bullying and add their two cents to what we were doing as a big group. The first few were not so bad, and people seemed to support them, even though it was awkward. It's awkward getting up in front of people unexpectedly and talking especially over a thousand of them. The things escalated quickly when the certain student grabbed the mic. This guy they called the llama fucker. Uh, Excuse my language, but this is what they said. The speaker lost control of the school and the kids went crazy after the llama fucker kid started ranting on the mic. He called people loud and he said, fuck you to as many people in the stands as he could. And all the people that call, there was all these people supposedly from his story that he had called out and had been calling him this since middle school. He poured his guts out to us and was so angry. I could, I could feel it. And I was 50 feet away. And it got scary. People started yelling back at him and telling him to shut the fuck up angrily. And I just remember I tried to disappear 
down into the seat, my seat into the bleachers. I wanted to be gone out of there. This trauma was just bringing up my traumas for my life and more. The effort by the school to fix this problem was extreme. I don't even remember how that assembly really ended, but I never felt settled after that. And the school's effort to fix this problem, like I said, was extreme and swift at first to put out this fire, and then it, it faded over time. I felt like people just wore it out and gave up. And I remember we did these group talks and these breakout sessions with randomly chosen kids. So we would like be forced to talk to people that we didn't normally talk to. And they were all mixed up with grades and backgrounds and stuff. And we did that for a week. I opened up for the first time about me being understood and what I saw around the school. Not to mention my experiences with being bullied in grade school and middle school. I talked about being treated bad for being a jock and being treated like a stereotypical toxic male and being treated like I was dumb. And I, I don't need sympathy for that, but for the most part, that that stereotype does run through and not for everyone and yeah it is a situation like yeah i need to toughen up but like at the same time people don't understand like athletes are still people too and some of them do want to be good human beings they don't just care about the sport that they play believe it or not but i had not experienced any of this opening up or speaking about things like this uh, before i got to oregon city it it was just, it was really shocking for me and really a big kind of a, a culture shock, uh, especially with the amount of people in the school and more diversity of backgrounds and personalities and interests. And it really, through this scenario, I felt really hopeless sometimes. And I felt that in this time period and i think i'm speaking to some kind of depression honestly like i i was really when i felt those those things for the first time like in full force i felt really bad about myself and i felt really bad about what was happening around me and i knew the one thing i did know for a fact i hated being treated like i was a meathead and that i was dumb I just, I hid behind sports, so then sometimes I got wrapped up in the stereotypes and things that went with the sports and the people I was hanging out with, even though that wasn't me. I just, I didn't see much, so people didn't know. And yeah, people assumed, and I, it really comes back to me, it's like I didn't do great for myself at these this point in time. I wanted to fit in, though, with the smart kids and the alternative kids. The kids I felt more like I could trust. And that was my roots. Those alternative things and being smart. Like I cared about that. And that's what I really wanted. But most of the people just saw my, my letterman's jacket and my and my jersey. And that I was hanging out with those same type of people. And I did have some random nerdy and smart friends, just acquaintances from different classes, because I was on my own. 
I didn't grow up in those neighborhoods, but I got left out of a lot of things outside of school during this period. And I didn't tell people, but it made me feel really bad, real bad. I wanted to be invited to go to the movies or go to somebody's house and play computer games or video games or something go on adventures and like i did that with my own little group of friends but i mostly hung out with my friends back from malala even though i went to oregon city and it was it was weird i i felt bad about that for sure and i remember in these groups talking to the senior girl named sam and she was so taken aback by what i had said all of these things uh, she said she wished more of the jocks had the cuts like I did to be vulnerable and thought it was a g- good that I didn't fit those stereotypes. And I'm not making that up. Um, I'll never forget having this conversation with her. She couldn't believe that I felt all of those things. It was just like super shocking um, because I was so quiet. I just didn't say things. I'd seen her before and hung around people um, that she was involved with and yeah, I just didn't let that guard down. I was I just held such a like tight wall of protection around myself and tried to make it seem like I didn't at the same time. But she also didn't know my background. I didn't tell her about my mom and my dad and all the things if you listen to this podcast, the things about myself I was scared to do that. I just talked about in the present moments of my life with her and other people it's just surface stuff the jock stuff is just a way to cover up all that stuff it was just layers and layers of problems for me layers of trauma layers of depressive things happening and this bullying problem like it was huge and i think it, it's similar now and i or i hope it's not but like it gets covered up more like things have shifted more to like social media and like not so much in school but like people are finding out at school things that happen on social media just from my perspective with teaching but like back then it was like everything when there was drama it was because it happened at school and this bullying problem was like so bad that a lot of people just ignored it. They just thought like, I can't do anything like, or that person needs to figure it out. Like pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. Cause that's a lot of our parents were, that was their mentality at this time. So it, it was messed up. I, I regret it to my myself. I have to say to break off of the story a little bit. I feel really bad. Um, part of writing the story. I'm, becoming a teacher and trying to do better around this stuff is because I saw a lot of bullying and there's times I did nothing or was just scared to do something because of like the aftermath or what these people that I knew would have done to me or physically or mentally or socially and that's not right but when you're a kid, you, you think you're thinking so centrally, your ego is just like going off the rockers and it's not an excuse, but like it gets in the way as a distraction at the very least. And I look back on that now, like I could have done more. 
um, for them, but also myself. It was like just me getting in the way. And like, I can't even think of a time that I stood up for somebody then or myself. I just take it, take the beatings sometimes. And I'll, I'll talk about a couple of times when I didn't because it was like so serious. But yeah, I just would be like, just try to disappear. I thought that was a better scenario. Um, I had this friend named Brody that's making up his, I'm changing his name. Um, but he was one of the kids that there was weird layers of these bully kids. And he was one of the kids that bully people, even though he like, he tried to hide behind his good looks and like smooth attitude, but he bullied people. He was just a straight up dick and all the girls would tell you the same. He was, he was terrible to the girls and some of these kids that are kind of considered weak or whatever. And he'd pretend like he was joking with them, but he, he wasn't, he just wanted to feel better about him. And like, mostly it was these girls. Like I, I just really couldn't handle this stuff. And like, I would hear like, oh, they love the idea of him, but he like, he treated people like dirt. He was hiding his own problems at home, which I knew about. His mom was a whack job. His dad was remarried and had a new family with like a baby brother. And he was the one of the oldest and kind of from the other family. And sometimes you just kind of, the attention's not on you. And it just goes away. And you have to find a way. You have to find, like, figure out a different way to relate with your family. And sometimes, like, they don't want it. They're more focused on that kid. And whatever, whatever it is. But, like, I know that was a major problem. And I, similar, we both had younger, much younger siblings, a uh, stepmom. And uh, it was hard to navigate that shit. And we had talked, but like the way he dealt with it, I would talk to him, but like he would talk to me, but then he would take it to the next level and just like hurt people. And he did in front of me so many times and I should have, I, I, I didn't do anything. It was just like a bad choice. And we stopped being friends eventually, like just faded away because like in the end I knew it was like, I really didn't care about that. So I didn't, I couldn't let go of like what I knew about him and treating people. It just hurt not to say anything because I wanted him to like me and not treat me like shit. Turn his back on me. I was desperate for friends in those times because I wasn't sure where I fit in. I wandered around that place a lot, just in a, like a weird haze um, like lunch, like seeing my buddies, my teammates, and then be like, oh, I'm going to go to three more classes where none of you guys are in there. I don't know anybody. And some people like, oh, that doesn't bother me. Oh, but like now I get it when people are super upset when they're going to move during like their junior or senior year or something. Like I did that by choice and it, it took a toll on me. I just never said anything because I didn't realize the impact. I was having like a really hard trans time with this transition to the bigger school, if you couldn't tell. And the also the tougher classes, like school was much harder. But I kept it hidden. 
the advanced math classes, like advanced algebra was kicking my ass. It was like 1.5 or 2 or I don't know what I was in, but it was too much. I kept it hidden though. And I also had like two really tough Spanish teachers. One was like tough, but it was inconsistent. It, like they were super tough on you, but they were like really bad about grades and losing papers and different things. I remember I got an A on the final and she said I wasn't going to pass the class. And I was like, but this is like but huge chunk of our grade like how am i not gonna get the pass and she was like fine i'll give you a c like we had this huge back and forth there i wasn't arguing um i just was very confused i struggled i was like c minus maybe the whole time but i busted my ass in the end because i was so scared to fail and i got an a and she thought i cheated at first was one layer of it and then after that just saying like i doesn't like oh you did something great on the last thing but all these other things you did like i shouldn't pass you and i was like please like i i promise you i studied like i don't know what you think i am or who i am i just remember like begging after class one day and she i was like fine i'll give you a c i'll pass you i just like was so disappointed and this other guy was like where's waldo but just like really strict very robotic like if it was it was either white or black there was like no gray area with this guy different story it was like to the t he knew he probably hadn't lost somebody's assignment he had everybody's assignment for the last 15 years on file somewhere and knew exactly what you had gotten whatever like just a freak about it that class was just hard because you had to be perfect, really, or you were average. And that's where I lived. And there was this funny kid in there. I This guy became a teacher later. I'm rambling, but I met him out at Sandy, Oregon City School District eventually. But, like, he used to just make me laugh. And that's the only reason I went to that class because he would just make fun of this guy and say, like, geez, like, give it like make a satire of our like horrible class and it was enough to keep me like somewhat active in there thank you bud thanks larry um advanced english uh kicked my ass that year i could read with these people but my writing and my discussion skills were not at that high of a level i don't know what i was thinking saying like yes advanced english i love to read but Ooh, I was just getting started in that world, and yeah, that was too much. I just remember feeling like it was the end of the world when I saw my early grade reports from that year. Mr. McDonald was a great teacher and a little beat poet, San Francisco, laid-back, cool, bohemian, scholar-type person before I knew what that was, but I, he had a bite like a vicious, tiny dog. He was fascinating and pushed me in that class. I was the only class I loved. Uh, he knew I could read well and was curious, but I was hiding my voice. So he wasn't ever like personally mean. It was always like, I'm pushing you as a student and as a writer and as a person, like you can do this. He just wanted the best of you. And at the end of the year, he got one of my essays about my journey as a reader and the books I read when I was younger in a local newspaper. And it was really cool. He was more proud of me than I was of myself, though. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I liked it. And
writing was helping me find my voice and it could have been part of why I got to where I'm at now. And I wasn't really hip to it, but it was the thing. And I, I, I just didn't want to accept it. And he showed me off like a trophy after this whole essay being published. And I wasn't mad at that. It was just a little embarrassing because I, I was used to it with sports, but not with school. Yeah. And ah, man, I had a really hard time with biology. Um, uh, the teacher was excellent. I was just off. I did poorly on the genetics portion and it brought my whole grade down. I loved science, but I just, I was having a hard time because the mental health stuff I never really had to deal with at such a level before there was a lot going on. And I, I had gotten, went from like straight A's to B's and mostly C's out of nowhere. And that just felt like such a shock. I felt like a fraud. And uh, because I had told my coach, my new coach coming in, football coach, I was an A student. And then the sh I shit the bed in some classes. Like, I just was mentally thrown, thrown off. But he didn't think less of me and was very supportive when we talked about progress reports and after practice on certain days. Uh, he told me not to dwell on it and explain how much tougher school is after freshman year, which I just, I, I was naive to that. And I knew he believed in me. I felt so much dread before we talked, though. I felt like I was a bad student and I needed help. Uh, my self-esteem shot into the floor at this point in time, even though I was playing varsity football and JV baseball and probably could have played JV basketball, but that's a whole different story. Um, I, I started to wonder about my reading and math problems from grade school and like, are those things catching up? Why? Like, I didn't, I don't know. I was trying to find so many answers to these questions and problems. I struggled in accounting and hated the teacher. It was just, I dreaded going to this class. He thought he was so funny and so good at accounting. And he only taught it one way and he made that clear. And he said it was too bad if he didn't understand his way of doing things. And he'd laugh and he just was so full of himself, so much ego. And it made me cringe. He also was a nerd for sure on with a chip on his shoulder, which isn't bad, but the chip on your shoulder part with jocks specifically was, it wasn't welcomed. It wasn't nice. Uh, he wasn't nice to us. He would make fun of us and say we probably got hit in the head too many times. And that's why we weren't good at school. I'll never forget that. He like made that clear. Like he firmly believed that kind of stuff, even though he tried to make it a big joke. By the next quarter, I was really approving a lot by like the winter time. Uh, I felt much better about everything. I also felt like I didn't have time to get all this extra work done. It was just, it required more time. And I went from three sports down to two sports. Um, Cause I was just a stressed out sophomore trying to keep up and not look like it was bugging me. Man, there's a lot left. <laughs> it's gonna have to be a two-parter. Um, Cause now we're gonna get into my girl problems, you know, 
not a whole much more, but just a little bit. Yeah, but you know, I'll I'll still get into it for a second because there is meaning here, and I'm not gonna like waste a lot of time. But here we go. So I had problems with the girls as well. So it was a whole nother layer of trauma going on as a teenage person. I had problems at home with my stepmom and my dad also. We're just trying to communicate as a teenager and like sports and I and my dad, like we got along with that stuff. But any other things like coordinating rides and trying to go out and meet people and do things on like a school night or even on a weekend that weren't like down the street was difficult and I maybe miss some things but I started to like just pretend like those things didn't bother me I just bottled it up but it did it bothered me a lot because I at this school I would hear about people going and doing fun things and I wasn't doing those things and yeah I, I feel like I missed out on things whatever get me a tissue but I got over it but I'm just looking back on those things and that's that's what was going on and I feel like that's a big a lot of people go through that experience with their parents in some way or another and I just remember being just like so mad at them about that I just wanted I didn't ask to do a lot of things like that often and if I did I felt like it was a special thing but they didn't get that because I, I didn't communicate that enough or express that clear enough to them um, I didn't really want them to know. I wanted it to be my thing, you know, but it didn't work out. And one of those things was with girls. Um, girls seemed so difficult at first in terms of love and dating. Just being classmates and friends and things could do it. Once it became like, oh, I like you or you like me, things got very complicated for me. Being the new guy didn't work out to my advantage like I thought it would or people said it would. Um, I did have a girlfriend at the beginning of the year, probably because I played on varsity football, really. Um, I don't know why besides that. When I look back at that, I don't know. And it was pretty easy, but it was a lot of work, too. And I wasn't ready for that. And she really wasn't nice to me. Um it was just misunderstanding after misunderstanding and not being able to do those things like just go hang out with random people or get a ride or be able to get a ride home um those things weren't easy for me to figure out and it kept me from doing stuff and she dumped me very quickly uh for me being a bad kisser and not hanging out with her enough is what she said and what she told people. And she put a lot of pressure on me to be more sexual uh, than I was than I was. And she didn't make me feel comfortable. So I didn't. Uh, she made fun of me instead. And it really hurt my feelings. And she told people about these things. And it was very embarrassing. Especially people you don't really know. Or didn't grow up with. I felt bad for weeks after she dumped me. Maybe more. Uh, and I just the constant pe being made fun of and people bringing it up. I, uh, it made me start avoiding 
people, uh, especially the ones that were mutual friends, which I figured out was a lot of people. Um, so I really didn't have friends for a while um, and stuck to just a few certain people. Or I was by myself and I felt okay with that at certain times. And it became a lot easier to focus on school once I did that and have secret crushes on girls than actually talking and to them and following through on these crushes. It was easier just to kind of hang back. Being mysterious did work to my advantage. There was this super nerd girl, and I don't mean like super, like her nerd powers were super. I mean like she was really good looking and she was very nerdy and very powerful all at the same time. She was kind of a total package and under the radar. And I had a huge crush on her, but my dad screwed that up for me. She asked me to the dance, uh, like a Sadie Hawkins type thing, like not a big dance but a dance, and I didn't hesitate to say yes by any means. Uh, we'd been in math class together, and I was one of the only people that actually worked with her in terms of guys because I wasn't sexist. Um, these guys, She was very smart, brilliant with this stuff. I was terrible, and I respected her for that. And guys wouldn't be her partner in that class on purpose because they – they were intimidate, intimidated by her and they would say this stuff and they would make fun of her like, oh, you're so you think you're so smart and you're just a girl. And I, like, I'm not exaggerating. They were terrible before I knew what these things were and, and the impact of these things. I knew she was upset and I, I just couldn't believe she wanted to talk to me. And like I gave her a chance and she, we hit it off. And I said yes to go to this dance, and my, I promised I would meet her there. And then my dad said he wouldn't give me a ride last minute. Like, maybe two hours before or less. And I ended up standing her up, because I couldn't get a hold of her. Um, I didn't have a cell phone, um, and I, I, don't, I didn't know her number. Uh, she called my house from a payphone in the commons at the school during the dance. She was crying and she cried about me standing her up and she yelled at me and called me a piece of shit. And I, I tried to explain uh, what happened, uh, but she was too embarrassed and mad about being stood up to care. And I don't blame her. I was mad at my dad for a really long time and none of his jokes made it better. Yeah, I wouldn't hurt a lot. And yeah, like, I'm not trying to reminisce like, oh, it could have been the love of my life. Like, I have a family now and a daughter and stuff. But like, I just feel bad if I saw this person. I'd just say, you know, I was sorry. I just want you to know I was sorry I did that. I just felt bad because those guys, I just thought about those guys and them kind of getting a win in that situation. Like, I stood her up and whatever and they were constantly putting her down for being who she was and i like was so into her and so stoked and blew it and just like i felt like i made it worse and she never talked to me again we had class together and she wouldn't even look at me 
and oh man that hurt my feelings so bad i was already going through a lot with everything and i just oh that would kill me i would regret that i i dreaded going to that class i never told anybody this stuff i dreaded going to that class and i actually the only reason why i passed that class is because i had this friend that was the starting quarterback um he was my age he was a sophomore and he was a starting quarterback because our guy had gotten in trouble and uh got suspended and missed like six games or something at the very beginning of the year because he beat somebody up for messing with his girlfriend and uh so my buddy had to jump in as a sophomore never starting varsity or whatever but he was in this math class because he was very smart and he used to make fun of him because he had a huge freaking head but i know there's a big freaking brain in there um, because of this class and the teacher loved him because he was smarter than the teacher and the teacher knew that and this guy played it off really well so well that he was he had stolen all of the answers to like every test and all the stuff that we weren't supposed to know from this teacher because he was such an old dumbass and my dude was very smart and he just played him like a fiddle and uh he helped me cheat he got me the answers and i didn't memorize them by any means um i studied with them so i knew what was coming and i wasn't dumb enough to bring them into the class but yeah I, I cheated so i could get a c i couldn't live with a d and i definitely couldn't live with an f but i could live with the c c minus made it because i basically bombed everything but got an a minus on the final and the teacher was like he kind of questioned it but he knew like i didn't do it exactly right exactly like his so i couldn't have like got it even though i did it was because i was a dumbass and really bad at math and dyslexic and different whatever so like i screwed it up on accident and that's how he didn't catch me but yeah she was in there and so there was like that going against me and it was bad at math and all this stuff it was just like man teenage blues oregon city blues <sighs> And like that whole situation just reiterated like a lot. I didn't have a girlfriend. I had gotten dumped. I stood this girl up, looked like an idiot. It's having a hard time. And also my dad was like doubling down on calling me gay and making fun of me and giving me the gay jokes. And then he went and cock blocked me like this. And I just thought he was such a lame ass for certain periods of time um, because of that. I just like he would tell me stories about things that he did and like seemed very supportive, like playing the field and whatever that meant. But then would like bash me and like set me up for failure. And I just didn't understand that. And we never talked about it. So it was just me trying to figure it out. And I used at this time, I called him a shit ass often and i'd say that to him like dad you're being such a shit ass and he would get mad at me but it wasn't wrong i was just lost uh, my friends were not my friends at this place not my close friends or my best friends and i never told them this stuff i was dealing with unless they heard some part of the story and asked me to explain which was a few people
and they'd be like, dude, what are they talking about? Are they true? Is this true? Why are they saying this? Like, are you okay? But it wasn't enough. And I just hit it more. And it was frustrating, constantly trying to put on, put out, put out these social fires I was getting involved in. It was just too much. And as a teacher, I see this. It's like too much, but you know, like the choice is yours. Like, don't, you can avoid them. And that's what I did. But like, I should have talked to people and avoided these people, not just avoided people. But I didn't have the people to lean on. And it would have helped. The people I hung around were my teammates or random freaks and cheats and weirdos and assholes from my classes. In retrospect, there were good people that I knew, but I was scared to ask them for help and lean on them. I was terrified to look weak. And this last little part's kind of the cherry on top. So there was this senior girl who drove a brand new BMW that played volleyball. And liked me a lot. And one of my coaches knew about it. And this girl made sure I knew about it. And she asked me every day. She asked me out every day for a month at one point, And I turned her down. I just got bad vibes from her. And I, I, didn't, ha- I didn't really know her. I didn't have any classes with her. I just saw her around and heard things. I didn't know what she was like at all. And she didn't like this. And she spread rumors around the school that I was gay because I wouldn't go out with her. And that made me not want to have a girlfriend for a while at all or say yes to her. I don't know if she was trying to scare me into saying yes, but I didn't. And I was just so confused by the girls at this point. And that all eventually though all that changed once I started dating this girl that I was best friends or that was best friends with my girlfriend from the beginning of the year but it was just my friend and was in a lot of my classes and she stopped being friends with this best friend because of us starting to date which was a whole thing And it just added to the drama, but then it kind of just faded away. And she also couldn't believe how she, her friend treated me because her friend lied to her and didn't tell her the truth and made me look like just like a dumbass. And that wasn't the truth. Um, And I, I like this because we started out as just buddies from classes and then we kind of fell in love through all of that and I had actually known her and I and didn't know her it was like I when I lived in Tillamook I used to play with her and she was family friends or she was part of the Beeler family her mom and the Beeler's mom were sisters and so I I grew up with her without not re, without realizing I grew up with her until we came and became friends and found all this out. And then just like locked in our bond. We went way back. It was crazy. They were like my second family. Um, We played on the farm for years together. And then we found each other at the high school after we left and went on different journeys, which is, it's just weird. I don't know how that happened. 
And that's when I first understood this, the term when people say, what a small world. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, that's a story from a movie or a book. And I just, I always ask myself, like, how did we end up going to the same high school together? Who knows? But she helped me a lot, a lot. And I say thank you. Uh, she helped me embrace my sensitive side and just like start telling these my truths and things that I was going through. She helped me not dress like a dumbass like the rest of the people and dudes specifically wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't know if I said it right and Hollister and like I sure I had one shirt from there, but like that's not, I didn't wear just that cargo pants and cargo shorts and things like yeah i kind of was into that but not too much because and part of because of her like yeah sure i could have easily fallen on that bandwagon just like a lot of dudes did but i found my way past it and i also couldn't afford it but that's a whole different story uh she helped me deal with my crazy family and just having somebody to confine if like confine in and say like these people are fucking crazy, right? It's not just me. Just having that at the very least, which she was more than that. She was there through a lot of crazy things. Like, thankful, thankful. That's all I can say. We needed each other back then. She had a crazy family too. And I'm thankful we, we had each other in high school. Um, it would have been a much darker world without her there um, towards the end of that year when we started dating. Um, being a teenager forever, but also just like specifically my story back then, it was twisted and hard and so weird. Things moved really fast and you got left in the dust a lot. And I'm happy I didn't have social media or a smartphone to add another layer of anxiety and poor mental health to this thing. Uh, it would have been more complicated than it was already. Are we on time? Good. Okay, we're gonna wrap this thing up. So, <sighs> lots. Um, probably could have been more than one podcast, but we'll see what happens. Um, when I go back and look, uh, some of these things with the bowling and craziness. At one point, uh, my buddy Spider Man and my friend Alejandro saw, like, walked into the end of a fight or the aftermath of a fight where somebody got stabbed so like it was we were one of the first groups of students to go into the new high school um uh freshmen had started at one point just them and then it was everybody and nobody had been in this big of a build so the building and there wasn't coverage like for some reason the adults didn't have people in at the beginning of the year in certain parts and like they weren't really regulating where everybody was or and I don't know why, but there was a fight in a big group of people and somebody got stabbed. I remember walking into this chaos and I saw blood and I remember like turning and running with my buds and being like, what the fuck, there is blood. And it wasn't just from like fists, like somebody got stabbed. 
I just, uh, that reality wasn't something I thought I was going to ever experience in high school. I thought that was just movies and things. Nope. Nope. Never again. I always believed like that could happen. Even as a teacher now, I have to be prepared for those things. Uh, football was crazy. Um, I made varsity, um, as a sophomore and I didn't, I split time at first playing like a couple quarters of varsity, a couple quarters of JV, but then by the end I was just varsity and I could do a podcast on that whole experience. It was really good, but there was a lot of weird stuff that happened. Like a lot of seniors and different people got hurt. Um, people had to move positions. There was a lot of drama with that. Um, I remember always being told I wasn't big enough and I needed to get stronger by some of the older guys. Like the coaches are really great, but like some of the people were just terrible um, player wise. And it was just stressful. And to, the, to speak to like how terrible some of those people were and, we had a girl on our team that was a kicker and like i totally respected her 100 percent. i had wrestled against girls when i was younger i played against girls in football that were tough and baseball like i didn't look down on them but a lot of guys have and still do and at one practice she had we didn't have a lot of guys we were really low numbers uh on like a thursday or something and we weren't even full pads and uh she was on the defense and somebody like ran her over on purpose or cheap shot at her like bad like i thought she got hurt bad like i looked away and my coach was so mad i thought he was gonna kill us uh, running and then he just like sent us home and like he didn't i couldn't even look him in the eyes i was scared um, because we had messed up, like, even though, like, some of us didn't do what those guys did, we didn't stand up for, and I regret that, um, a lot, and those guys are pieces of shit for doing that, and I'm glad our coach did that to us, um, it was crazy, but we deserved it, should never have done that to her, she was a great person, and part of our team, and we fucked up. Um, another time baseball, like I'll talk about that later basketball. There's this old white coach, super old school and racist and didn't believe in like headbands and armbands. And like he told me in seventh grade, I'd never play varsity if I wore a headband. And he remembered when I tried out and I was just like, all right, dude, fuck you. Like, whatever. Like, if you don't think I'm going to, I could contribute to the team just because I wear a headband or like I need to shave or what I need to have a, a certain haircut. Like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about, dude. I just remember, like, I didn't tell my dad that, but like, I did go out the first day and was just like, no, can't do this. I just like couldn't stand how we talk to people. Um, I had the eighth grade coach that I quit because of the treatment and different things was this assistant. It just didn't change. Like it wasn't just me. It was other people too, but like, yeah, like a dude was a piece of trash. Like, yeah, he might've been the winningest coach ever, but like when they look at it as a person and his relationships with certain players and the things he did, like not okay. 
and I can't speak to all of it. That was just like a few years and times of my life. Some people had to deal with that like their whole life growing up in Oregon City. Like, I'm sorry, dudes. Like, wherever he is now, like, who cares? <laughs> like, peace, dude. Move on. Uh, remember this guy in my class uh, that started calling me G Unit uh, because he was stoked that I knew who G Unit was and 50 cent and uh he had had he got the g unit cd at that point which it was like the they had the emblem the spinning el- emblem on their necklace uh that looked like the spinning rims but it was a g lowercase g and we used to do the lowercase g and think we we're all funny and gangster because <laughs> we are some of the only kids listening to that stuff and yeah um I just talked to him about that. That's why he was my friend. Random. That was in accounting and marketing. Um, that Brody guy. Uh, one thing that he used to do that just like, I don't know why I didn't ever say anything more than like, why do you do that? It's not cool, man. Uh, there was this girl that was blind in one eye and maybe had some other disabilities and he was just, he would pretend like he was nice to her, but he wasn't. He'd be like, Hey, I'm over here. He'd be like talking to her like, Hey, I'm actually over here. And she's like, Oh, it's not funny. Could you do that? Every time we talk, I would like make fun of her, like not be able to see him. And he'd like move around. It was, it was disgusting. And I don't know why I put up with it. Like I kind of got to it, but like, it was just fear fear of being judged for saying something fear like like not knowing my place and just not being secure in myself like i was just weak now i know i would never put up with that shit and i sound like i would ask him like dude why the fuck did you do that you hurt that girl so bad you hurt so many people dude talking like that i know he was one of the people that called the kid the llama fucker like I don't know. He, I know he was hurting. I know he is hurting. And I know he went off the rails after high school and probably because of all the family stuff and whatever. But like, damn, dude, I'll never forget that stuff. Um, oh, no, I lost my notes. I got to wrap this thing up so I don't bore you. Talked about cheating in math, yeah. Oh, so another layer of these crazy kids that I dealt with, and I'll talk the baseball story. I'll probably really lock it down for you next week. But there is this guy on my team, and I don't think it matters if I change his name or not. I'll say his name was Miles. And he had a brother that was kind of crazy too, but he was the craziest. He was a junior that played JV, and he liked, kind of kicked ass on JV, but he was never going to play varsity. He's just crazy. He just went out there and just tried to hurt people and like do crazy stuff. He didn't listen to anybody was uncoachable and just a character and always a crazy story. And he loved that song. Like everybody in the club getting tipsy and like, he would always be like, Oh man, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. And like playing that on his Walkman. I think he was like drinking and partying as well. So he just like a, he seemed like a 20 something year old person in like a 17 year old's body. He just seemed way older, but I remember I kind of liked him. He liked me. He thought I was crazy. And like, I 
was a starter on JV and varsity. So like he respected me because of that. But like, I didn't trust this guy at all. He's, I just, I knew he was up to crazy stuff. I felt like he had like a secret life. Well, come to find out he was playing chicken with the bus. He was fucking with this bus by his house. And he would literally like for weeks, he was terrorizing this bus and he would drive at it and then like swerve away at the last second like he was gonna run into it and he finally did it enough for where the person called and turned him in and he got arrested like i don't know what he was thinking but i remember hearing that and people were like oh my god can you believe it and like the cops they got him because they said uh they called him he he also missed school a lot and then come after whatever amount of days and he had been gone, and they were trying. People were asking, "Where is he? Where is he?" When he comes, like send him to the office. Well, anyway, he was there, and he was like, a, "They." He kind of knew. I think he sniffed it out, and uh, they got him. They said, "Oh, your tail, like you left your lights on or something." And he was kind of a dumbass, and he went out there, and the cops arrested him. Like maybe I'm screwing up the story, but I just remember people be, oh my god, I can't believe, and I was like, I expected that, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, Miles is crazy, man. You know, I'm, I'm talking about drinking and partying and like at school and on the weekends and blacking out, and he was always talking about crazy shit. I wasn't that surprised. But it was also very, it just played into the things that are going on. It was either you didn't know you were the one being bullied or on the bottom of all these things, or you were the one doing these crazy things. And next week, the story will, it will lock in your assumptions and connotations of my experience. But that being said, thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry if this is too much. But this is my high school experience. It was wild. And I had to let it go. I had to talk about the trauma and the grace. So peace. Until next time.